Thanks for joining us for Episode 3 of Season 3 of Couples, Inc., a place where we help couples work better together. The first and third Wednesday of each month, we drop episodes with advice, tips, and real-world experience for partnering in business and life. I'm Jody, a business owner and communications strategist, and, okay, I don't know how they did it, but every font on every prescription and on every product I use or ingredient list I look at have reduced the font size significantly. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and I'm like, is there a group I should report this to? Because it's very weird that all of a sudden, they're all super, super small. I mean, that's it's a conspiracy, right? It couldn't possibly be my eyes. No, the group is FOSA, the FOSA? Font Organization for Standards of America. Yes, they need to increase the fonts significantly because I am like way too young to get readers. They're not a sponsor, but Foza, if you're listening and if you are real, just reach out to <laughs> if us. If you're real. I'm Glenn, Jody's partner in life and business. And you know that cat bread motion generator that you've seen memes for on the internet and on Facebooks and stuff? I think we can do something similar using plastic wrap that clings to itself and a couple of magnets with similar poles facing each other. You're going to have to explain the cat and the bread. The cat and the bread. Yes. Yeah. You take a cat and it always lands on its feet, right? Right. So you strap to its back a slice of bread that's been buttered and it always always lands butter butter side down. down. And it is like an infinity loop. Yeah. This is the science show. We need to change the name of this now. Ideas Incorporated. You're Glenn the Science Guy. (laughs) On today's show, we discuss ways to stay motivated and have a fun discussion with frequent guests Scott and Jane Levine about change. And at the end of the show, we'll play this or that winter edition. Without further ado, let's get started with this episode of Couples, Inc. For today's big topic, we are uh, recording this. It's the beginning of the new year. Mm -hmm. We're thinking now's the time to start, I guess, analyzing and looking at uh, your business, your relationship. And something that came to mind for us is how you stay motivated. Um, If you've been running your business for a while, it may feel like, okay, I've done, been there, done that, and it starts to become, I don't know, maybe too repetitive. Yeah, you've been through several business cycles, chances are. If you've, if you've plotted and planned and, you know, personified all your plots and plans. Are you trying to so, pop your peas in the microphone? I, maybe. I'm, <laughs> we just got new pop screens on these mics, and I'm trying to make yes, sure to that they're... Get, get our money's worth. Yeah. Getting our money's worth. Exactly. But yeah, you've had a couple of business cycles, and... It's like, okay, how do I re-energize myself? The newness might be, you know, gone. Kind of like the honeymoon phase of opening your business. It's not, again, opening a business isn't always a honeymoon phase. Sometimes it's stressful and... Why do you look at me when you say I'm, that? <laughs> yeah, you're looking I'm, straight at me. I'm looking me. at the pop screen that you just bought us on the microphone, and it is seriously causing me to cross my eyes. But it's like... The newness has kind of worn off. Mm-hmm. How do you stay motivated and continue to move forward? Sometimes you got to get re-energized about that. That kind of goes, I think, hand in hand with entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. By its nature, entrepreneurship is some, looking for something that's new and yeah. feeding off that energy that you've got something that's going and it's brand new and it's your baby and you've established it. 
and go, 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 get the prospecting taken care of, build the building if that's part of the equation, make the uh, the team come together if that's what you're doing. All of those things come into it. And that first cycle, it's really innervating. Yeah. Then I you start you kind of getting into it and that sheen starts to kind of fade. It's not quite as new as it once was. You may have several different challenges that are associated with it, but they're still associated with the same endeavor. Right, right. And if you had years of it, um, like we're celebrating 13 years of owning our business. Yeah, you just want to pull all your hair out. Wait, what? Uh, And it's not a case of we're not still energized about our business, but... No, I still love it. You still love the business, but how do you stay motivated? Because you may feel like, okay, I'm not creating anything new anymore. So um, I looked on the internet. We'll include a link to this in our show notes. There was an article from Small Business CEO, the website, Mm -hmm. and they listed seven different things that they recommend for staying motivated. And I picked like four that I thought were some of the the top ones. But it just got us thinking about how we would look at these things um, that they listed. Uh, The first one is know your why. Mm. I think that goes back to what you're saying. Is it like ohm? Yeah. Know your ohm? <laughs> know your ohm. It's um, why? Why? And sometimes. Wait, let me why? put a, a gong in front of that. Why? Good. Like you were saying, when you first start your business, you're super excited, and you're doing all things are new. And after a few years, you might forget. You know what is it that? Why did I start this business in the first place? What is it I wanted to accomplish? Yeah. For me, the whys boiled down to a couple of elements. When I first started, it's doing what I was good at mm-hmm. based on my positive experience with it and on negative experience with other entities that were doing the same thing that I was starting out and kind of teaching me a lesson about how not to do things. And having tried other jobs and careers – Uh, I I worked in a factory at one time. I think I may have told you about that experience. I also worked in phone sales for all of five days. I worked in uh, law enforcement. Yes, and that will be another story for another podcast episode. And at a restaurant. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had the background. I also worked on a road crew, you know, for a little while. I had all that experience. And I knew that those were things that I wasn't really good at. So I also knew there were things that I didn't want to focus on trying to do. Because I also had this vision in my head and the entrepreneurship in my family Mm -hmm. um, from my experience with my dad. Uh, He had always owned a business. So that was kind of what I wanted to emulate. So your why comes down to matching your entrepreneurial spirit with something that you did well, something that you found after many, obviously many career <laughs> changes of diverse yes, some, cha- the, some career of the options, detours. Some detours yeah, there. Rabbit holes. Um, and the why behind this is doing something that you're good at, and I would add love. I think that's also good. Now, yeah. you're not always going to love everything you do no. when you own a business, no. but if your motivation and your why was to uh, – 
have a business that reflects what you are good at and interested in and really enjoy, then that does kind of connect you back to your why did you start your business. Yeah, it sure does. Mm-hmm. And it's a and it's a healthy way to get yourself motivated because you can connect to the wide-eyed young entrepreneur you you know you were when you first started and think, yeah, I I did this for a reason. And whatever that reason is, maybe it's not about what you love. Maybe it was economic independence or whatever, but you can connect. I like that idea as far as staying motivated. The wide-eyed wasabi guzzling young Wasabi guzzling. Wasabi. You guzzled wasabi? Oh, yeah. On a bet one time. I didn't tell you this. Oh, my God. Well, no, yeah, that's how- I ate like a tablespoon of wasabi oh. all, all at once. Well, no wonder you were <laughs> wide-eyed. Yes. But I don't think you have that's not a, that is not required. You could still No, I make. think it is. <laughs> wasabi right, requirements are in. Wasabi is key to finding their why yeah, and getting into that meditative we'd love to state. Hear from you. Yeah. All right. The plan ahead mm-hmm. component uh, sometimes uh, very often I guess we feel unmotivated, dismotivated, demotivated, uh, motivation challenged because we have a fear about some of the uncertainties that are waiting for us. And business, as we discussed before, is nothing if not uncertainty. Right. You're. It's not like you're panicking, but you're always kind of aware. You're walking on that sort of razor edge. And, uh, you know, the, the best way to, probably to combat this is uh, to plan ahead. Yeah, it's one of those things that when I've talked about stress and anxiety with a therapist in the past, mm-hmm. it's one of the exercises to, okay – no matter how crazy your fear might be or how unlikely this worst-case scenario might be, yeah, it might help just to plan what would you do in that situation. When the monster actually rolls out of the closet. Right. When, when you actually do face whatever fear this is or whatever phobia this is. You have the ray gun under the pillow. You have the ray Zap. gun. Yes, that you've got to have your plan. But when you think about your business – I have moments of anxiety thinking about the future and planning and and what happens. Sitting down and putting it on paper and planning ahead for those worst-case scenarios does kind of free your mind of that anxiety. And it does keep you motivated because it gets those things out of your head and those things out of the way so you can focus on running your business and reconnecting with your business. Yeah, you get out of that ditch, so mm-hmm. to speak, and get back on the road. Yeah, and so planning ahead is the second of this these staying motivated. And I really, I, that one I really connect with. Um, this one I guess I could also connect with. Number three on this list is get rid of the perfectionist in you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's just one. How many times have we heard? What's the phrase? Don't let perfect. Don't let perfection be the enemy of accomplishment. Yeah, I mean, how many times have we gotten into some sort of, I don't know, stagnant stasis, like just not moving forward because we're wanting something to be absolutely perfect? Four. I would say four times. Four times, exactly four times. So, one way to stay motivated is to just maybe do something that gets you towards your goal and not worry about this endless thinking of, is it perfect? Is it right enough? Sometimes, for instance, like a company might struggle with starting a new website. Well, websites are definitely dynamic pieces of marketing Mm -hmm. and you can change that whenever. Or if it's social media, just start posting things and then you'll eventually get into a, a habit. If it's, you know, trying something new in the way you run your business. 
it just perfectionism can get in the way um, of you really truly enjoying what you're doing and then also staying motivated. You know, I get analysis paralysis sometimes. It feels like mm-hmm. I'm looking at a task or a project and dwelling too much on details. You've observed this about me before. When we're in the middle of planning something or talking about it and just kind of introducing the first elements mm-hmm. of a project or a task, I'll jump into execution mode and start uh, making a part of it. Uh, in you know, just trying to flesh it out before the whole thing is planned and put on paper, and we decide what exactly we're going to do. So the way you get out of analysis paralysis is sometimes you just cling to something and act on it. Yeah, and go ahead and go yeah. forward. But I also have to rein in the urge to get it all done at once. Yeah, you know, when I start doing the little you know sidebars and everything, it's really easy to just go all the way down that track. And I just you you've called me back before. You've you've pulled me back from the brink, and I thank you. <laughs> I, I mean, that was really some scary moments there. Yeah, you know? well, yeah, anytime. No, I think it's that still, yeah, still, you're right. If you just sort scary. of, if you sort of stop trying to figure out if you can get everything done and just do what you can and get the project moving, mm-hmm. um, you're no longer with analysis paralysis or perfectionism or any of those other things that keep you from acting um, and then just also not getting overwhelmed by doing trying to do too much yourself I think bringing in the team is good yeah and the, the fourth thing that you've got here engage with your community engage with your community with your community why is that so hard for me to say I don't know why community 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 well now the more you say it the audit it sounds weird yeah community, community. engage with your com- engage with your community. There you go, your communi- community. Community. Um, yeah. Your, your business, this, this may sound a little altruistic, but your business is not just a business. It exists as part of the community, as part of where you are. And even if you don't have people that are on your staff or team members or traditional employees or anything like that, you still fill a role, mm-hmm. your, your business does, and you within that. And when you change your mindset to reflect that, it's a great motivator. Oh, yeah. It's almost going back to the why. You have an impact on the community. As a business owner, you've probably yeah, employed people. Exactly. You may have donated to causes. You are doing providing a service or something that is needed by people. Well, you're also making relationships with people. Mm-hmm. I think that the benefits of connecting go way beyond just the commerce aspect of business. And I think it helps people feel more fulfilled personally to the business owners that do this. So bottom line, do you feel more motivated? Right now? Yeah. Sure. Well, that didn't sound very enthusiastic. Well, yes, I feel like a thousand motivations are, are pouring over me right now. Right. And some, some, do you need some wasabi? I need another tablespoon of wasabi, please. For our interview segment, we're talking to fan favorites, Scott and Jane Levine. Hi, Scott. Hey. Hi, Jane. Hey. Hey. Thanks hey. for having us back. Hey. Hey. What's up? Hello. You guys are a fan favorite. You're one of the top shows every time we ever put you out it's there. because I keep listening to ours over and over again. That may be why the okay. downloads skew gotcha. or the play I numbers look today. skew. I think, I think we're up to 12. <laughs> We have tens it, it, of fans. Quadruples, yeah. When so, we, when we um, have you guys but anyway, so we were trying to figure out what do we want to talk about for our interview. And I, I know. 
And Jane and I were saying, what about change? We're recording this right around the first of the year. Are we talking like nickels, dimes? Yeah, that what you have in your pockets right. and be, how be you organize it. You want to see. Yep. Right. Or do you have one of those change machines that are so satisfying when they ching, ching and then you fill in the little um, paper rolls? That's really fun. I used to love that as a kid. You know, I used to roll coins like that when I was in college, but they were hard to keep lit. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting for so long. Oh, this was wow. the opportunity. Put canned laughter in. Okay. Like the studio audience. Which uh, do we have to say the it's ten ounce can or the big you know yes, the gallon? The big can of laughter. So but we thought change would be a good thing to talk about because everyone kind of starts thinking about the first of the year as that mark we're gonna change things, or as a retrospective of what businesses have gone through for the last several years, which could be summed up with change. So this kind of topic is could go in a lot of different directions. So we thought we'd just have a kind of freestyle conversation about change and what it means to business owners what does change mean to you scott it means not staying stagnant it it, or not staying where you are which for me means being stagnant and um i would say as long as jane and i have been doing what we do um you know i've always i've always uh looked at change and embraced it, mm-hmm. um, but not not change that happened so rapidly that you know it it um, potentially causes um, harm to to the business. Um, you know we've tried to employ change that has been real uh, gradual and methodical, and, uh, and in fact we're getting ready to make a pretty significant change um, to our business. Now, we're looking at um, changing uh, a number of um, systems within the business that will hopefully help streamline uh, many of the processes that we go through, um, and and it's and it's going to change pretty much. I think from top to bottom, oh. what what we do. So, how do you? You talked about you want to make changes, like. For instance, every industry at some point evolves and you've got to adapt to those things or there are circumstances you adapt to. But what separates changing your business to meet the needs or at least to project into future needs versus chasing trends, chasing the what's what's hot, what's how did you make that decision or how do you make those decisions in terms of what do you want to incorporate into your business that will be a change and what is something that you're like, well, that's maybe not going to take off. Let's kind of see what happens. I'm not very good at that. Scott has always had um, an uncanny ability to kind of to not see the future. <laughs> but screw things up. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, that too. Um, and that's where I come in. He has grown our business because he sees where things are going. I mean, if we had stayed with our initial printing, we would not be sitting here right now with you. But Scott has always looked at opportunities. He likes change. I, on the other hand, don't like it. But I'm trying to embrace that every year I have to remind myself, okay, it's a new year. 
embrace the changes that come with that. Yeah, I think to own a business, you kind of have to be flexible and you have to kind of spot the trends ahead of time and and pick and choose which ones are worth, you know, because not every business needs to be an early adopter because not everything's going to stick around. But you do need to kind of keep up with things that are happening in the future. Yeah, in fact, from my observation in, in business in the short time we've been in business, it seems like the people and the companies that have been innovators in just about any field that you mention have faded away. They either get to a certain growth point and then get purchased or acquired by another business or uh, somebody else co-ops their idea and just leaves them by the wayside. Yeah, it does a better job. Yeah. So we're actually kind of being second sometimes or being, I kind of consider us not early adopters, but like mid adopters. So we kind of play things out, see where things go. Mm -hmm. We're aware of things changing, but we don't just like, you know, hop onto it just to be trendy. And I think that's a safe place. We, we have tried a lot of different things. And I think, I think that, for me, what dictates the direction that we go is based on what happens with the customer. Mm-hmm. You know, we, you know we've, we've tried all kinds of different, different things. Um, when um, personal URLs came out, you know, I was real hot and heavy into that and really tried to push that. And then when QR codes came out, I was one of the first people around to really you know, push the utilization of that. Yeah. And <clears throat> recently, in the last couple of years, we uh, employed a direct mail service that I thought that there would be some potential with that, you know. And for me, if I see adoption from our customers, then I continue to push it and really try to grow it. Um, and some things are more successful than others. Um, but what I, what I find today is... Where in the past, um, if a customer came to me and said, I need to do this, I would, I would always find a way. If I didn't do it, I would find a source to get it done, and I would manage it and coordinate it. But, but that was at a point in our business where um, there was available time to do that sort of thing. And today, because of the growth of our company, um, I, don't have that, I don't have that luxury. So the changes that we make now um, are all customer-driven, it, it also has, um, I think, helped us really narrow the focus about where our success is and where it's going to, where it will lead us. This kind of leads into a, a couple's question. How do you guys deal with the fact that y'all are so different when it comes to change? You have such different comfort levels with it. How do you deal with that in your business? She stays down at her end of the hall, and I stay down at mine. <laughs> like that. All right. Okay. It is a challenge. Um, it's a dance. You guys have been doing this a long time, so it is a dance. And when we talked about this last episode... Don't tell us what we were trying to say. No, <laughs> I appreciate you not putting words in my mouth. Hey, it's been great having you guys again. No, I think, I think it is. It is. This will be the last time. <laughs> it's give, been nice knowing you. It, I think what you're saying is it's a, it is a give and take. And we were talking about this in the last episode is alignment. You may not have the exact same temperament or the same vision or same view, but when you communicate with each other, then you might see, okay, my partner has an idea and I believe in him or her or the process and we just kind of make it work I, that way. I think um, having 
two different ideas about change is actually a good thing um, because it allows us to balance each other. I think Jane has been very good about allowing me to make significant changes to the business, and she's trusted me in doing that. And sometimes, you know, I make these I make these changes probably with not enough research. And um, and there are times where we make these changes and make these moves and really rely on her um, to help me because things occur that I just either don't know or don't have the skill set to be able to handle. And, you know, as my partner, so you don't really realize this. You're over here making making faces at me. You know, She's, I, I really... point that out. He's been stalwart through this whole 30 <laughs> seconds or so that we've been talking about this and you have been a disruptor so secretly you crave change you're well we're here making crazy signs i know no i really i rely on her we i mean in fact this morning i mean we're you know we were you know i'm i'm like uh, you know i need I need these things to happen, and I don't really know how to make them happen. And I'm like, I talk him off the she edge. She talks me off the edge. I really do. And that and is what partners are supposed to do. Exactly, I think. and yeah. that and that helps me so much um, because, you know, I mean, if you don't have a partner that you can rely on, and I really feel sorry for you, Jody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. what I... Wait a... Oh. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I'll yeah. my resignation first thing in the morning. Security will take you out of yeah. the uh, office. <laughs> Let me get a box. Let me get a box of stuff. No, you need that. It really is about that blend. Your two personalities, your two temperaments, your two styles. Um, when... If you have two, cup, uh, two people in the couple and business owners who are all about change or who are not about change, then one ends up being very stagnant and one maybe takes too many risks. This allows you to, okay, play off your partner. It's like, okay, let's talk about the risk. And because one may be talking only about the reward, the other person kind of is that bit of voice of reason. You still may pursue the change, but you might be thinking, okay, you know, my partner made a good point. Maybe we don't need to do this. We should do this instead. So I think the blend of two personality types and two views on change is actually a you know recipe for success. So the blend becomes kind of part of the process. Mm-hmm. It's every day. So how much do you think, when you're looking at change, um, a lot of times it is customer-based, but like this la- the last few years, change was kind of just called pivoting or adapting mm-hmm. because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. How much of the things that you changed during that time period did you now inc- do you now incorporate into your business, or was it just a temporary change during that time? Well, I think the change the changes that we made during COVID um, that was a necessity. Um, I, I I don't know that. I mean, a lot of the things that we did then, uh, we're not doing today. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not making face shields and sneeze guards and all that kind of stuff. You know, um, I mean, but the equipment you used to but, make but those? we had the equipment before. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah. we had the equipment before. Um, but I will say that, um, you know, it did open our eyes up to the capabilities of what the equipment could do. And it, and it allowed us to, you know, kind of do other things. And So, yeah, well, most people thought of it as a very negative um, change. 
some instances, you know, we can learn a lesson from some of the things and learn that we are capable of adapting and changing, even if we're not the ones driving that change. Because ideally you want to drive the change, like I was saying, based on the market, based on your clients, what have you. But sometimes change happens to you. And if you have a strong foundation and a partnership that kind of balances each other, blends well, then you can kind of withstand those outward, outside changes Mm -hmm. that come in. We continue our conversation with Scott and Jane, and we are going to do this or that winter edition. All right, I'll start. Hot tea or hot cocoa? Do you want me to go first? Mm -hmm. Okay, we're going counterclockwise. I think hot cocoa would be my preferred uh, thing because it's more, uh, it it lends itself more to alcoholic reinforcement. Well, you could do an adult hot tea. Can you really? Yeah. What do you put in it? Alcohol. Um, Alcohol. Okay. (laughs) And tea. (laughs) You mean like isopropyl, the rubbing alcohol? Oh. All we right. can work on a new drink. There you go. It'd be That's like, a challenge. We'll come up with uh, a Long Island iced tea, the hot edition. Ooh. 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 <laughs> All right. Um, tea. Mm. Okay. Cocoa. I'm going to say cocoa. That's my go-to for winter when it's when it's cool out. I want to, although I do like cider, but I tend to choose cocoa instead. So I, oh, let's do that. Cocoa have, or cider. Mm. I'm going to still go cocoa. Who am I I kidding? Cocoa. I don't know. Cider, you don't have it very often, so it's not like you have cold cider in the summer. Or do you? Oh, yeah. That's apple juice. Oh. (laughs) Right? Yeah. For circle time and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Circle time. I forgot. (laughs) It just sounds better when you You get hot crackers, And you can also add alcohol. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Cocoa. Cocoa. Staying with cocoa. All right. You come up with one now. Um... Binging TV shows or watching a movie? I am going to say binging TV shows. It's so weird because we talk about, I'll be like, oh, that movie's going to be like, it's two and a half hours. But then I will spend (laughs) twice that watching back-to-back TV shows. But during when it's, I don't know, when it's cold out and you just kind of, I mean, you want to just binge a TV TV show. I do, at least. I think it depends on what movie or what TV show. Well, that was either. a very non so, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I say a movie. Mm. He likes, I want to watch it, two hours, hour and a half, however long it is, and it's over. And be done, done with it. There, there, yeah. there's, some, there's some shows that we've binge, binged watched, but it's it just takes up too much time. You know, if you really want to get into it. I mean, we, we've done this before where, you know, we'd, we'd start... You know, on a Saturday morning, and before you know it, it's like Sunday morning, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, that's how they get you, though, with those shows. They yeah. leave them, like, with a little bit of a cliffhanger. I know. We'll be like, okay, one more. Okay, one right, more, exactly. and then, then we're going to get There, there exactly. have been a couple of series that have been like that, yeah. but... Yeah, um, we have to sometimes go, like, one and done, one and done. We're going to force ourselves it's to turn it off. Yeah. It's enough. All right. Any more for me? Um, I don't like either. I like YouTube. Oh, yeah. We you can engage YouTube. at a certain point, and then you know, go to the next thing if you want to. And I'm so ADD. I like that. I, if I have to commit to a show or a movie or anything like that, no, it's too much time on both. Yeah. I rented a movie last night. I got about 30 minutes into it. And I had to turn it off. 
it just it wasn't it was bad? It, 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 no it wasn't a good movie it was it was a bad movie yeah but <laughs> i i also kind of got restless i think youtube is brainwashing me somebody help me <laughs> not a sponsor no they're not <laughs> there's something more than a sponsor I, i've missed the boat on youtube i do not i think it's like that with instagram Mm-hmm. I mean, I just find myself just watching these, you know, little short little snippet yeah. videos. Yeah. You know? Oh my gosh, yeah, it is kind of getting where we're like, what? Five like minute video feeds the ADD and <laughs> your and your personality yeah. is like, oh, three second spot, perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 All right. Next. Winter vacation on the slopes, mm. or winter vacation at the beach. That's a good one. Yeah. Hmm. I would would choose the beach between the two. I've only gone skiing once in my life. And he means snow skiing. I know, snow skiing once no in water my skiing. life. I've never gone water skiing. And when I say I've gone skiing once in my life, I've gone down the hill one time and it was not not good. Were you scared? I was a little bit scared and my friend got hit in the head by the um, chair thing because we both it keeps moving whether you're off of it or not my foot got caught up with her foot I got clear she fell down it hit her it's like knocked time. her it right in the no head one. it waits yeah. for no one we had just been flirting with the guys behind us too on the chairlift so that was oh, kind that of embarrassing good. oh yeah oh yeah that was good so anyway okay. so that was back in high school so uh, I never really liked skiing and I don't like to be cold I, like I cold would either. definitely do the the beach what about you I'd like to try snow skiing at least once before. It's You've never been sco- snow skiing. I've never been snow skiing. You've been ski uh, water skiing. Though, water right? skiing, yeah. I'd like to snow ski and try it with water skis. I like. Would you want to be dragged by a boat down? <laughs> I think that instead of the ski lift getting dragged down by that, it's oh, you've made it sound so. I don't know. So uh, fun. Yeah. No ski no, lift. Sounds kind dangerous. of fun, but it is it is tricky if you don't know how to do it to get off, and then you got to keep moving. Got to keep moving. I've tried it. I have no desire. No? None. None whatsoever. Scott? Beach for me. Um, I've, I've been, I think, twice. And I don't know. I guess I'm a big chicken because I remember going, you know, getting off. I did make it off the lift. <laughs> and, That's the hardest part. I and I, I, you know, kind of edged myself closer to the edge of where you're supposed to go down. And it looked like it was straight down. Oh, my God. And I mean, I don't know how people do it. I stayed on the bunny slope. (laughs) And that looked pretty scary, too. (laughs) Don't you, like, when you watch the Winter Olympics, they make it look so easy. Like, it's just... Well, also, the angles that they're at, it doesn't look like it's all that steep. But Uh, until they pull back and you go, holy crap. Or those snowboarders who are going up and down, like that little pipe or whatever. And I mean, they're going up huge, like... Feet. Yeah. So yeah, so we're all going to go to the, to the beach except Glenn. Except yeah. Let's go. I, I'm going concrete skiing. <laughs> concrete. <laughs> nice. Although you didn't, li- you said you didn't like the water skiing. No, I liked it. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, not, they're very, very different. It, things. it hurts when you wipe out, but you know. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. It hurts when you wipe out on the slope too. I mean, there's and there are, there's and, trees. Yeah, I was gonna say, and, and depending on what you water ski, more times than not, there aren't trees but <laughs> on the slopes there are there are trees <laughs> my thing too with skiing is the the uh, what do you call it the poles 
They're, you're supposed to keep them tucked beside you. Yeah. I had them flailing around oh, all. That, and I, I am surprised I, I didn't get like banned from there anyway because I was a <laughs> danger. Impale yourself. Impale myself or someone else. Like, they would have banned me from the ski resort, you know, just because you, you can't be out there, man. <laughs> or I was a teenager lady or miss. Hey, kid. Hey, kid. <laughs> Put your eye out. Kid. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So what's yours? Gas logs. Or real logs. Oh, that's a good one. That's mm. a very good one. Yeah. I'm going to go with real logs. Simply because we've got like a gazillion dollars in firewood outside. And we you know, paid a gazillion dollars to get the chimney cleaned last uh, fall. Yeah, so it's, he, um, we didn't yeah. have enough it's firewood ongoing. the first year. So Glenn made sure. <laughs> Forever. We had to yeah, get a second like fire, uh, firewood rack. I too. think we built a little house over the summer out yeah. of the ones that are there now. So you think you like real? I do, yeah. If I didn't have Glenn to build... <laughs> Said real fire, I would do gas. I love the smell of a wood-burning fire. Yeah, that's a big component to me, too. But I hate the cleanup. So, and the maintenance. And it's just so easy. Just walking over, turning it on. Ah, so nice and warm. And then when you're done, off it goes. And you Mm -hmm. can go to bed. It's gas logs for me. I couldn't. I couldn't go to sleep when we'd have wood logs. Yeah, because you're always worried they're going to reignite yeah, or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, his family had a house fire when he was 15. growing up. Yeah. Hmm. And um, oh, that yeah, fear that. that fear has never gone away. So he's hyper vigilant about anything with an open flame. Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense. Um, ours is. Pretty good. The only thing we've ever had problems with is when the flu was acting up, and we were in the, in here, and we're like, "Is it? Does it look smoky like to you?" A lobster in a pot. We didn't realize you know, it until I was like, "I was like, my eyes are kind of bothering me." And then he turned the oh lighter, he did a flashlight, and he's like, "Oh my god!" He saw all the smoke. You couldn't see. I realized when I got across the room, I couldn't see Jody or anything else. So it, it did. It did smell like we had a barbecue in here. For several days after we jumped, tried Probably to hear it out. Does. So there but is that's always the a smell risk. I love. It, 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 yeah, a little bit goes a long way. Yeah. A little bit goes a long way. All right, this goes back to your childhood. Okay, playing out in the snow, winter time, building a snowman, or having a snow fight, snowball fight. Which would you find yourself doing more of? I would build a snowman. I didn't do snowball fights. But also, too, our snow very rarely was, like, really snowballable. But yet, I'd build a very punk snowman. But snowballable. It's a word. That's the takeaway from this episode. Yeah. <laughs> so I would have, I would have enjoyed. But honestly, if I'm being totally true, being just making snow angels was probably the more fun thing for me <laughs> to do. But between those two, I'd say build a snowman. What it does you? seem to be harder now to for snow to be as wet as it needs to be for either snowman or snowballs because it has to be you know really certain moisture content the powdery dry snow is good for skiing on i guess but you can't build anything with it so um wet snow and i'm gonna go with a snowman i would have thought you would in snowball but nah, i got in so many of those when i was a kid it just you know there's a story 
I don't know if it's true or not, that he would put walnuts inside the snowballs. I think that story changes to something more deadly. Every more, time. <laughs> more injury causing like every time. Rocks, <laughs> hand grenades and whatever. You know, I think it, there was a stick of dynamite. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Snowman. We were very poor. I couldn't afford. We couldn't afford snow. No snowballs, no snowmen, no snow angels. We were very poor. Uh, Scott doesn't have a whole lot to share. You grew up in New Orleans. That's true. That is true. But they did have king cake. So if you had given the option of snowman or or king king cake. cake. I'm going to pick king cake. Well, I think you'd probably pick king cake with everything, right? Like if I were to say chicken pot pie or king cake. I would definitely pick king cake. Go on. (laughs) Um, Um, Ribeye or king cake? Oh, man. (laughs) That's what I thought. Ah, so you did stump him. It was like I had to go with like a a bigger like. Well, it depends. I mean, how recently have I had meat? (laughs) Yeah. Like, did I just had meat last night, then I go with the king okay, cake. Okay, you haven't eaten anything for a week. Oh, well, I get the get the ribeye, but I had the king cake as dessert. <laughs> I didn't say they were because I'm really hungry. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, beach or king cake? I'd eat the king cake on the beach. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> wow. Agents of change. Wine the or rules. wine or king cake? Oh, you dip your king cake in the wine. Oh. Yeah. Ew. Huh. I don't think so. Yeah. Do you think king cake will become the new currency? Like Bitcoin's kind of going away. Are you going to invest in that? <laughs> king cake. Yeah. What happens when you get the baby? Yahtzee. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Couples Inc., a place where we help couples work better together. We drop new episodes the first and third Wednesday of each month, but to make sure you don't miss a show, follow us wherever fine podcasts are published. And if you enjoyed this episode and you want to support the podcast, share it with others, post it on social media, or leave a rating or review. And please visit our website, couplesincpodcast.com. That's couplesincpodcast.com. To learn more about us, review show notes, or leave us a message. Until next time.